Welcome to KC Corner, episode 117. It's kind of like welcome back to KC Corner. I know. We just kind of went away last week. Yeah, you know? we texted. We were set for 8 a.m. on Wednesday, and I pulled into my office at like 8.15, and I got a call from you like, hey, where are you? Like, <laughs> I completely forgot. That's unbelievable. <laughs> hey, listen, no problem, you know? So uh, it makes this one even more special. For those of you who have waited with bated breath, here you go. We're going to recap we're, the last two sermons, a little bit of God's back. family values, and we're yeah, back. Yeah, we maybe even just recap that whole series, if that's okay. Yeah, that, that is perfect. Because I know we don't want to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. No, no. Sadly, no. We, last night would have been Game 7 if, they, if they, they, they came away with Game 6. the cup, you know. Yep. But, yeah, but, hey, what a great run. It was a great run. Warriors. Yes, absolutely. Injury report came out. They were all injured. That, they were That's all, all, all you need to know is they are all injured. You didn't know this, but most of their arms and legs were actually surgically sewn on for yep, the last few exactly. games. Exactly. <laughs> Asterix on this uh, on the Stanley Cup run for the yes, Avalanche. In, indeed. So, hey, I'm excited about this morning, Brooks, and I feel like, really, as you mentioned, what we should do, um, especially because this upcoming week, I will not be preaching. I will be preaching, but it will not be at King's Chapel. And so... Where are you going to be preaching? I'll be preaching up... Uh, it, it's called St. Teresa Island. It's not wow. far from Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little place up on the beach up there. I've done it a few times. Got some friends up there that ask me to come up and when they say, hey, come preach for us, why don't you come stay at our place for a few days by the lake? You've been up there by oh, the water. Oh, yeah, it's and a great so, place. Uh, yeah, it's a great place. So. It's a tough place to turn down, that's uh, sure. Exactly right. So I don't know if you know this, but I'm taking your boat. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> I <can't, laughs> did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, but it's, uh, so I have that. So since we don't have what I hope to say, let, let's just look back a little bit and talk about what I meant to say. And probably even more importantly, let's just, let's just chat uh, join us, uh, Casey Cornerland, because we're in a very, very important series. Uh, and not that all series aren't important, but with the events that are swirling around our country right now, with the SCOTUS uh, overturning uh, Roe versus Wade and, and uh, you know, all, all the things that seem to be falling out because of that, um, every day we are bombarded with a worldview that has nothing to do with god and christianity i mean we are in this uh take every thought captive battle and so we've we went we had a sermon series as you know brooks that we're god's family how beautiful is that but being a part of the family there's family values Mm -hmm. and you know so these are god's family values and if you look at where we are and what the uh, what our current culture is wrestling with They've taken God out of the equation. And so, you know, how do you find values apart from God? I mean, what do you value? Uh, where do you land? I mean, what, what do you judge? I mean, we have, we have God's character. We have God's word. We are God's people. We have God's spirit. So we, we are to investigate God's word, his character, through his power by his spirit to find out what it is we should value because we're made in his image. Because he is ultimate, but take him out of the equation, and uh, wow, you know, so what you come up with is different things. So can we go back for a little bit? Do you mind? Absolutely. Go back. You know, even when it comes to, we started, uh, we started with like basically talking about a basic worldview. And again, I think we've mentioned that if you're part of God's family, you should have uh, God's values. Mm -hmm. But with that, we looked at life. And if you take God out of the equation, even the Supreme Court, what are they arguing? They aren't arguing the value of life. They're not arguing, well, gosh, we're made in God's image, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or Psalm 139, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. 
So what they're arguing, and, and it's not a wrong argument, that's the, the venue, that's the context they're in. The constitutional, what does the Constitution say? Mm -hmm. You know, what did the Founding Fathers say? So they too are going back to a document, just like Christians go back to a document. Our document, we feel like, is higher than uh, even the Declaration of Independence or you know, the Bill of Rights. I mean, we have something so much older, so much grander, but we too, we too are people of a document, just like our constitution that we love. It's a document written by a brilliant man, uh, Thomas Jefferson and others. Um, so the, the Supreme Court goes back and they're looking at say, hey, is there a constitutional right to abortion? Is that something that was given? And uh, the so the argument doesn't really have anything to do with the value of who God is. And, but as Christians who read the book, the Bible, and we realize from the very beginning, he says, I've made you in my image. We find life's value linked directly to the one whose image we bear. And that, that, that value just, it, it, it can't be touched, right? Mm -hmm. And so what's the argument that ends up in the courts? It's choice. I mean, the, 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 the strongest argument they have is, hey, it should be my right, my choice, the autonomy of my Bible, I'm sorry, my body, I'm sorry to make sure, the autonomy of my body, let me make sure I can make the choice. Um, I don't know if you heard this, Brooks, I wanna have you jump in, but it's really interesting. I saw yesterday as I woke up and I'm looking, scrolling through news and uh, there was some article that said, hey, Hollywood folks are coming out and they're you know, giving their personal stories about abortion and several of them are sharing, this is when I had my abortion. and. And I, I just was struck by one, and I, I can't remember who she was, so I can't even say her name, but she's like, you know, when I was 18, I got pregnant, and, and I'm telling you, if I didn't have an abortion, I'd be a mother right now. I'm like, yes, you would. You know, so, as if that's the worst thing, I'd be a mother right now. You know, I'm like, okay. Disgusted at yeah, just I'm being like, a mother. Gosh, I wouldn't be making millions and just living for myself, but... Uh, I'd be a mother. So um, anyway, that, that's, uh, that's, 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 that's interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. so. Well, I think with all this stuff, it, it kind of, you know, it revolves around thinking that we are God and making decisions for ourselves. And like you said, uh, just for our pleasure, uh, not for a greater purpose and not for a heavenly uh, God that created everything. Um, just being very selfish with that. Exactly. And, you know, I think, again, when we are our own gods, when we live for ourselves, when we are at the center of the universe, these are the things we have, the values we have. So, mm -hmm. so we started with life. We started with uh, the the reality of, uh, you know, what what is life and where does that value find? Uh, where we find that it's in the being made in the image of God. And then we talked about gender. And again, mm -hmm. Brooks, take God out of the equation for gender, and and you add in the reality of, of, of sin and brokenness, mm -hmm. of course you're gonna have the confusions we have right now. And it took a long time for us to get here culturally, uh, but this is where we are. God's out of the equation. It's not that God created male and female. He created male and female in his image for his purpose. So really interesting, Brooks. Yesterday, Katie and I are watching a show on Hulu, um, um, uh, Only Murderers in the Building. It dropped yesterday. Mm -hmm. so, and as we were watching that, it, it was, by the way, uh, they had put in a scene in there uh, of a same-sex attraction. And they also had an ad. And during the ad, it was a family scene where a mom is talking underneath it. 
celebrating their transgender child and how great it is that this child was able to transition. Um, and I mean, it was, it was startling. I mean, it was mm -hmm. just like, oh my goodness, uh, this is an ad. I mean, mm -hmm. this is like, hey, we're going to celebrate the reality that, that our, our son or daughter is going to be able to choose at a young age what gender they are and um, just normalize it and how uh, it, 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 was, it was so in your face of, hey, this is the value of where let a young person choose their gender um, you're thinking, wow, we've come a long way. And the mm -hmm. only way you get there is God's out of the equation. Yep. You know, it's the only way you get there is you can't look at Psalm 139 and say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, that there's a God who knit me together in my mother's womb. Mm -hmm. I mean, they would come to the belief, well, they have parts that don't fit who they really are. Um, and so let them figure out who they really are and they will help make their parts work or mm -hmm. whatever. And so what a difference, Brooks, you yeah. know? And so God's family values. We value uh, 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 gender in a whole different way because of that God piece. And listen, let them throw stones. Let them say that we're narrow-minded. Let them say that, um, you know, we're, we're old-fashioned. Um, but as Christians with a Christian worldview, we have to know mm -hmm. where we find the, the, the purpose, the design, and the purpose uh, for these things of mm -hmm. life of, of gender and then we'll talk about marriage here in a minute yeah exactly like god created specific genders and in genesis so it's, he wasn't he created people and they were somewhat different and there's little differences like no that he created male because and then he created female because male needed female and exactly. he created them very specifically and you know i love the fact that they are both in his image and you look at they're different i mean he created two separate you know he played it created a male and a female um mm -hmm. They weren't just a little different. They're pretty radically different. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we've seen that over the years. I mean, they're radically different. The, the, the argument now, and can transgender athletes compete? You know, they're saying, well, a male, a male body shouldn't be able to compete with females. Why? Because there's a difference. There's mm -hmm. a profound difference. You can try to alter some of the hormones and try to do some other surgical things, but it's just not fair. Mm -hmm. now, why? Because you have two different body types competing, um, and it doesn't the, the so the the uh, uh, the playing surface isn't fair, you mm -hmm. know. And um, but all that to say, we know that they're separate. Why? Because God's three in one. I mean, mm -hmm. most people miss that. And again, not that that's the greatest argument, but not only did God make them male and female, but I think He made them different to reflect who He is—a Father, a Son, and a Holy Spirit three persons in a one true living God. Cause as soon as he makes two, he makes one. But mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, absolutely. And then this past week talking about, uh, God's family values and marriage. And again, it boiling down to, this is something God created and all everything that we covered kind of in this, uh, series so far is something that God created very specifically and for a purpose. Exactly. I think that purpose word, word is, is really important. You know, if we see God as creator, I use the story of Abner Doubleday, mm -hmm. right? The guy who invented baseball and you can mess with the rules of baseball, but if you want to follow baseball, you got to follow the rules. Mm -hmm. And if God invented, created marriage, you, if you really want to find true flourishing marriage, follow what God has given. Um, and why did he do it? I mean, what was the purpose? Um, you know, what was the design, uh, of this and why, uh, 
And I think that the church often argues the moral issue of marriage mm -hmm. that, hey, you know, morally same sex attraction God has deemed as uh, behavior outside of his will, mm -hmm. sinful behavior, it just like adultery. I mean, there, there's there's sinful behavior that he doesn't want as a part of the marriage covenant. And uh, and so and that's a good argument. But I, I kind of get frustrated because I often find the church starts with that argument. Mm -hmm. And to me, that just doesn't play well. And not that our argument plays better, but I, I, I feel like, and I think it does play better, not our argument, the biblical argument of design and purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and not just a moral decision. Because you tell somebody morally you shouldn't have that same-sex attraction, mm -hmm. they're going to want to come back and say, well, these are two people who love each other. Who are you? I mean, mm -hmm. Get out of the way. And I think that that the world seems to embrace everything but hate and anything that is speaking truth that goes against what they believe is hate. Mm -hmm. So they've defined that hate. Um, but marriage and, uh, um, you know, in our, in our society, uh, we see uh, that that's, that's come a long way. I mean, mm -hmm. in my day growing up, Brooks, I never thought that there would be the same sex marriages that there are today. Um, and every time I do a wedding and I have that privilege of pronouncing husband and wife, the state of Florida recognizes it. And so I'm able to say something like this uh, by, uh, by the laws of the state or by the authority given to me by the state of Florida. And mm -hmm. as a minister of the gospel, I now pronounce you husband and wife. So uh, the government is basically saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, and at one time it was more, uh, it was even more special because Right now, any notary republic could do it. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like this great authority. <clears throat> but the interesting thing, the government gave to the clergy the ability to marry. Um, that the clergy had the right to declare husband and wife. Well, we see in Europe, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in Europe, if you want to get married, you have to have a state union. I mean, they don't recognize the church. Um, and oftentimes, and I don't know how much this is true, but oftentimes they had two if it's still true, two weddings or two ceremonies. They had one in the church and one with the state. Um, why? Because the state wouldn't recognize it. And I think the day's coming when evangelical ministers will not be able to perform weddings um, because if they refuse to do weddings for anybody who wants to come their way, mm -hmm. anybody, you know, I, I don't feel like I, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, can officiate a wedding with two people unequally yoked. I mean, not, I'm not talking about two same-sex people. I'm just talking about if I have a believer and unbeliever, mm -hmm. I got to say, hey, I don't think, I, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, God has asked that, that that we shouldn't have unequally yoked people being married. And um, it's I, I don't mind marrying two people who don't believe in Jesus. Uh, be happy to try to do that and tell them about it. But if, you know, if you... Uh, or, or a true believer was with somebody who wasn't, and I just, just couldn't do it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to jump back to what you opened up with last week with the five Tampa Bay Rays players. Mm -hmm. And just me kind of being friends with athletes and growing mm -hmm. up and working in sports, like that's kind of a big deal because athletes right now, they're, you know, told to just be like, athletes to grow the game that they're playing uh you know there you see them and there's logos all over their jerseys like they're they're just marketing vehicles essentially yeah. and they're just going out to play a game and entertain people but the fact that they stood up 
uh, to not only just a logo, but what the logo stood for and said, and tore it off their Jersey and said, you know, we don't feel like this is right. It's something that we don't believe. Um, it's, it's kind of a big deal. It may not sound like a big deal to someone not involved in sports because even with like what's going on in the golf community right now where people are joining that live tour, like the funding and everything behind it, like really they're just trying to mend relationship in Saudi Arabia and say like, Hey, we're the good guys. Now we have a golf league and they're just buying these guys. But it's a, it's a pretty big deal when uh, athletes kind of stand up to that and say, Hey, I don't want that on my body. And cause it's it doesn't huge. represent me and the economic impact, you know, mm-hmm. what, what they're doing is, uh, they're stepping out. And mm-hmm. when you step out and you draw a line, um, they're going to get hate. I mean, I remember, I, I think I mentioned, I read some articles. Um, I'm not sure I mentioned my sermon now, but I, I read the story from their perspective, try to try to find a neutral site Then I read some from, you know, the, the LGBTQ community that, well, you know, they were name calling, you know, this guy, they are homophobes and they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. how horrible for them to do this. So you have, you're going to get attacked and if, from, from the other side. Plus there's probably going to be some economic impact. There's, mm-hmm. there's teams that wouldn't want them. I oh, mean, yeah. you're stepping out and uh, it might affect contracts and mm-hmm. different things like that. But that's, I, I so value that Brooks. I mean, thanks for bringing it up because that's like, hey, I'm going to take my Christian values, and they're not just something I do on a Sunday morning. This is something I got to live out, and this is something that could impact my livelihood. This could affect, you know, everything I do. Mm-hmm. And I know it's still baseball, but man, I really admire those five. Was oh, it yeah. Jason Adams or Adam? Do you remember? Is I it... think it was Adams. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. God bless you, Jason. What, 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 what boldness! That was fantastic. Yeah. Yes, I definitely wanted to mention that. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a good thought. And uh, you know, we talked about marriage, and again, I I wanted to make sure that if you if you want to look at marriage as a God's family values, it's not just for married people. It is for all of God's family: single, divorced, widowed, widower, and try to make that clear as well. Mm-hmm. As hey, where we I, I preach the sermon, not trying to say here are the nuts and bolts of how to execute in a marriage. Uh, that honors the Lord, but mm-hmm. here's the view that we should take for marriage from mm-hmm. God's word, that it is his creation. It does tell his love story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it should be really used in a way that uh, that everyone honors. It should be held in honor among all. So. And, and what you talked about with Paul, where he's talking about, or is he talking about marriage or the church? And you're just like, yes, that's yeah, exactly, exactly what, right. or marriage and the gospel. And, you know, those two are just so intertwined and kind of reflect each other. It's, you know, it's so true. And when I, when I preach a, a sermon like that on marriage, it's, it's, you always notice who's in the crowd. And mm-hmm. I, you notice I got kind of emotional with single people and, and I always kind of do because I, I've had being a pastor for so long, I know how many, especially women, but men too, who just, really feel like if I'm not married, there's something wrong with me. There's something incomplete with me. There's something not desirable of me. And therefore I'm in kind of an incomplete person. And if you read through scripture that we are complete in Christ, no matter if we're single or married. And then you, when you're on the married side of things, you realize, man, uh, slipping on a gold band didn't cover up all the holes in my life. Mm-hmm. In many ways, they expose them more. Um, and just feeling for people that feel mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm, I'm incomplete because I don't have somebody who said I do. And uh, but don't forget, if you're in Christ, you are. And even kind of looking around, we had some young people there who were just recently married. We have some people, I think, that are engaged that showed up and some other folks. And you, you realize, 
hey, you know, I'm going to say some things here out of God's word that might run counter to their, their, uh, where they are in life. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, you know, hey, are we going to honor God? Are we going to really try to keep the marriage bed pure? And not easy in today's day and age. And Mm -hmm. especially, it seems like young people are, are marrying later in life. Uh, they're, they're dipping their toes in the water, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, it's a whole different thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you're, you're going on a trip. I am going on a going trip. On a trip and... I, I, I cannot wait. I'm so excited about it. And listen, I, I want to talk about that, but can I, can I ask you one other question? I'm going to yes. tell you something else. Yes. So, uh, this, you're not even ready. Hey folks. And Kate, he, I did not set up. I'm going to edit this all out. This is no, you're not. <laughs> this is going to be in there. This is going to be great. Cause uh, he, he doesn't know this is coming. He has no idea what I'm about to ask. <laughs> but Brooks, you know, I think one of the greatest things that society has done, and I say great in a way of not morally great, but great in the fact of how successful they've been is I feel like there's an amazing shift with the younger people. And I would say 35 and younger compared to maybe 40 and over when it comes to many of the things that we are wrestling with today. I believe that a younger person in 35 or younger view of marriage, even from a Christian standpoint of view, oftentimes is like, why are we hung up with it? You know, Mm -hmm. or it, it feels like, a lot of the taking every thought captive has been lost. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like, um, you know, not being conformed to the world, but being transformed. And it can, can be really quickly become legalistic. It can be really quickly could become, you know, beating people over the head like you got to believe this. But it seems to me that your generation um, has been brought up or indoctrinated. And I kind of tip my hat even using that word, but that your worldview is different mm-hmm. than your grandpa's or your dad's and your mom's, you know? And uh, have you noticed that? I mean, have you... I think we can do a whole episode on it. But yeah, I can talk about it briefly. I think there's yeah. a couple factors. One, like Tinder and kind of swiping and just seeing who's out there. It definitely affects it. Yeah. I think like the the hustle mentality of like putting your career first and, you know, like pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and making sure you're secure in your finances and everything like that before, you know, you get married, have kids. And I think it's more focus on yourself um, and just like devaluing marriage probably. Yeah. If you value it, you would want to do it earlier, right? Well, I so. think that there was a hustle and a different mindset with marriage. And I'm not even saying just even prolonging marriage. I think I was saying more like embracing um, same-sex marriage. It's, oh, okay. It, 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 seems like, um, it seems like the younger Christian generation, you know, will... will I've had a conversation with a lot of young people. Like, What's the big deal? Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, aren't we kind of harsh? Aren't mm-hmm. we kind of, who are we to say if two people love each other that they shouldn't get married? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, um, and again, I, I think we're getting to the point where culturally they might be able to get married. But I, I will always say, you got to put yourself in a place where God can bless. And if he says, this is the institution I can bless, this is the relationship I can bless. He doesn't change, mm-hmm. you know, and, he doesn't change for you or me or our feelings or our little relationship. I mean, God's not up in heaven saying, oh, you know what? Those people really do genuinely love each other. They're okay to do some, some something outside of my design. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, again, people have taken God out of the equation and they've, evaluated, they, they've elevated the way you feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're the most important one, you being that person who's in that position. Um, 
And that becomes ultimate. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me that the younger Christian generation, and again, this is a really broad brush, sorry folks, have much more quickly embraced a, a, a view of marriage or a view of gender or a view of homosexuality or same-sex attraction that is, I would say, much uh, further to the left, if you're going to lean that, use that, or, or much different than your parents or your grandparents. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think they've done a great job on. Is mm-hmm. This is like, I think the argument is a little harder for me from a younger person mm-hmm. um, because I think that there is a, a belief that this isn't fundamentally wrong mm-hmm. or, or this isn't as black and white. And, uh, um, and, I, and I don't know. Can, can you comment on that? Did I give you enough to comment on? Yeah, I think so. With like social media, I mean, if you go on there, you just see, you know, you get berated if you don't support it. And, you know, you start to see the like, just be kind to people. Like, who cares if they love each other? They love each other. And like, that's kind of pounded into your brain, uh, whether yeah. you want it to or not. You know, I think when you're talking about like our parents or grandparents, they didn't have access to that. So, you know, they were kind of in their community and their beliefs. Like, I think anyone has access to all sorts of beliefs if they go on the internet. So it kind of yeah. can cloud their brain. And if you're not a believer, you think like, yeah, like it doesn't affect me. Like if they love each other, um, that's fine. But if you, you know, have your core beliefs and you know, it's wrong and it's not something that you stand for, um, that, that that's where it kind of breaks down. So a really interesting point you bring up too. And, and let's, let's, let's use this as our last point. We can pivot, but you know, it, you talk about community, that, that the young people are in a broader community, they have access to community, that that there's a lot of voices that are different than the ones you grew up with, or a conservative Christian worldview, all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, with, with Twitter, with with uh, all the other things you mentioned, mm-hmm. did you mention TikTok, all, TikTok, of, them. Yeah. all of them, um, so all those are going to kind of bring into a, a, a normalization of other worldviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, you know, you're, you would say that my parents, my grandparents, or your pastor didn't have that access to community the way you do. I'd say, perfect. So look at the impact of community. Look at the impact of community of shaping worldview. Mm-hmm. So here's my point. You know, it's interesting because there's, there's Christian strands that will say we have to form a Christian community that's so tight that we got to keep the world out. The mm-hmm. Amish, the, the, the Mennonite, they would say that for us to take every thought captive, for us to truly not conform to the world is literally, some people say we don't want to get electricity in our house or mm-hmm. we don't want to use any modern invention because that is conforming to the world. And, um, you know, I'm glad that I think some say, say that, you know, I don't want air conditioning in my house. I'm <laughs> very glad to have air conditioning yes, in my I house. Yes, I am too. And, and many of the modern conveniences. But... I also, so there's one thing where we can, as Christians, isolate so much that we have zero impact on the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other flip side of that is we we uh, mesh so closely with the world that we have no impact on the mm-hmm. world either. You know, one is you're just a holy huddle excluded from society. What impact are you really having? And maybe mm-hmm. you can say, well, the impact is I'm living my life that no one really if they kind of look and say oh that's intriguing mm-hmm. but for the most part you're on an island you're away from everything yep. and the other one is we're so conforming we're so like the world mm-hmm. that there's just no impact on the world mm-hmm. so how does christian community what is what is christian community supposed to look like you know and i say something like remember we're the church in this building and in the world it's like how do we huddle in a way that studies the word 
encourages one another, embraces those values, and then goes and lives them out in the world. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that's the salt and light and the light of the world. And that's the trick, Brooks. Mm -hmm. I mean, because on that spectrum, we seem to slide to the extremes mm -hmm. that we're going to be just like the world and we don't want to judge them. We don't want them to feel uncomfortable. We don't want to, and we want to enjoy all the things the world has to offer, or we're going to get rid of all the worldly things because they're going to lead us to evil. You know, how do we find that balance? So mm -hmm. why, don't you, why don't you answer that for the last? Well, uh, I think it's the, the physical church aspect, like going there on Sundays and hopping in, whether it's a KC group or anything like that, or whatever church you attend. Um, that's the whole point. Like, I don't think you can get that same community uh, just attending virtually. virtually everything like that. Like you got to be around a group of people, not just one or two people. Uh, and you're kind of on a mission together, uh, yeah. so to speak. And then you go out into the world. And like you said, you can't do it just in a cult community. Like uh, yeah. Amy and I here just watched the, uh, fundamental uh, Mormonism yeah, like yeah. documentary on Netflix and it's just like it's a cult and they had a little city that was like 10,000 yeah. people and they were yeah. doing crazy things that's yeah. not what Christianity is at all so Correct. having a physical place where you meet and with other Christians and study the word and do mission trips and everything like that but also going out into the world and to your work around non-Christians wow that's good you know, scripture, it's biblical too, because you know, the writer of Hebrew says, do not forsake the assembling together. It's so mm -hmm. important for us to get together and, you know, be under God's word. So that's so good. Hey, I, I hope this was a blessing to, to folks as we've tried to wrap up. We are going to take a pivot, aren't we, Brooks? Yeah, a little so, July break. A little July break. Mm -hmm. We have to renegotiate our contracts. We're yeah. in a little mm -hmm. bit of a contractual dispute. Looking for a three-year deal in the 10 to 12 milli range. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we just want a signing bonus. It's a little bit better than what we've gotten. But uh, all kidding aside, um, hey, we've had 117 of these, Brooks. Thanks mm -hmm. so much for doing them. I've loved them. It's been so great. And, you know, the thought is, how do we keep these fresh? How do we, uh, what do we need to tweak coming, going forward? And again, for those of you who listen, I would love to get some feedback at Pastor Jeff at KingChapelFL.com. Uh, or uh, you can, can send something into Brooks to connect at KingChapelFL.com. But um, we're, we're trying to say, how do we use this tool, not only to be a blessing to our people, but really help equip them? So, we got some ideas on the drawing board. We're going to take a little bit of break and prayerfully consider um, maybe if we do more of themes for like a seasons mm -hmm. or kind of take one topic and go a little deeper um, than we have uh, in the past. And um, you, you you mentioned that I'm, I'm heading out. I'm going to preach uh, somewhere else this weekend. And then for the first time in many years, uh, my family's going to be able to go to our, our family cottage, a very mm -hmm. rustic little family cottage on a beautiful lake called the Wasco Lake up in upstate New York. It's one of the Finger Lakes. So um, I'll have a couple of weeks I'll be missing uh, at King's Chapel. I'll be gone the 3rd and the 10th. I'm so grateful that Charlie will be there and everybody will be ready to go. And can't wait. Don't forget our VBS is coming back. We'll be back in time for uh, celebrating that that's uh july 18th through 21st i believe and um so sign up your kids your grandkids if you haven't already and come volunteer so we got that coming up and it's exciting i love where god has king's chapel i'm grateful for a little time and man i've loved this uh casey corner and i want it to flourish even more and in, in, in the uh the months and years to come oh yeah we got some fun topics uh ready for you guys and some new stuff yeah which which would be great even if you want to it, it wouldn't be great if we had an audience tell us hey can you guys tackle this topic absolutely you know? absolutely so, uh, 
things like lightning hockey. Yes, this is turning MLB. into a sports podcast, actually. <laughs> yeah, from two <laughs> never have men's. But, uh, anyway, hey, blessings, Brooks. Enjoy your time off. I'm gonna miss not seeing you uh, up here on Wednesday mornings, but we'll, we'll be we'll be back at it soon. Yep, we'll be back in uh, August around then. All right, sounds great. See Blessing, ya. everybody.